retail is increasingly moving online. Yet the engagement between the brands and retailers is stuck in the physical world for some reason, with trade shows and face-to-face meetings. Emma Patterson aims to change this with her app, that's the Tinder for Retail. Welcome to Fractal Startup Marketing, the podcast for founders who are frustrated that potential customers do not understand or they undervalue their innovative business solutions. My name is Jared Doyle, and each episode, I interview founders who openly discuss how they're tackling the seven P's of startup marketing. We'll talk about the pitch, problem, promise, persona, position, promotion, and the propagation. In true startup fashion, we aim to learn through collaboration and discussion. Let's get into the episode. Thanks so much for joining me, Emma. Hi, Jared. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. So we're going to jump straight in and give everyone an idea of what Indirectory does. And the way we do that is this is your chance for the uh, the elevator pitch. So I'll hand over to you and you can tell us all what Indirectory does. Cool. Thanks for that. I'm still practicing my pitch, so forgive me if it's a little bit clunky, but Indirectory fosters seamless and meaningful connections between retail buyers and wholesaling brands. So currently we do this with an app, which is like Tinder for wholesale. So there are millions of stores around the world that stock multiple independent brands in their stores. Like The big daddies of these stores would be like your David Jones in Australia or like John Lewis in the UK, right through little stores like the boutique gift shops on the corner that sells, you know, candles and clothes and gift cards. So these retailers need to keep their stores like fresh with new and beautiful product and the designer manufacturer of the new and beautiful product basically wants to get their stuff noticed by these buyers. And in the past, designers would rely on like renting expensive booths at trade shows, but now more people are moving to online. And I used to have a homewares label myself and a trade show business, so I'm super aware of the shift and the needs of the wholesalers, especially in this industry. So Indirectory is kind of like an online trade show that's open all year round where retailers swipe left and right on the brands and the brands swipe left and right on the retailers. And if they like each other, it's a match and then they can chat, exchange ordering information and do beautiful business together. And currently we have around 450 users (laughs) around, you know, it's it's 200 retailers and 250 brands approximately. And we just launched in, in New Zealand after launching in Australia. And we have a small team, including a digital marketer and a developer. Fantastic. I love, is that a, an official strap line doing beautiful <laughs> business together? Or is that is that spontaneous inspiration just then? I've been using it, you know, recently a little bit more because it's kind of like, you know, instead of uh, going on beautiful dates together, they can do beautiful business. <laughs> So, <laughs> and I love I love that you equated it there to to Tinder and, and and a dating app. Although I have no experience on that, but everyone gets the swipe left and swipe right. Although I don't remember which one's positive. But <laughs> does your app actually do the same thing? Is it is it a swipe left and right functionality? That's right. Yeah, and it's it's swipe right if you like what you see, and then if you get the double opt in, then you get the little you know it's a match animation, which generally makes people smile. But yeah, I I found that. You know, when I was doing the trade shows, I was actually on the dating apps myself and I and I discovered that dating behavior is not that far removed from buying behavior, which has been interesting to explore. <laughs> so so it sounds to me, well, it's quite obvious that you've got a marketplace, you've got two sides of a model here. Mm-hmm. So you've got retailers and you've got brands. Mm-hmm. Which one is your customer in that scenario? It's an interesting question. So 
the brands are willing to pay to get their stuff out there. So they will be, you know, the ones that want to get the exposure. So more likely to, you know, like pay to get that boost, that advertising boost to the retailers. And the retailers are used to not having to sort of pay for that liberty, but we're going to go with a, a freemium model where, you know, similar to Tinder, where you can use the product for free to a point, but then to unlock further features or premium features you pay. And I can imagine that eventually we will have, it's free for everyone at the moment because we're still in the launch phase, but I can imagine that, you know, the brands might be paying a subscription and the retailers might be able to unlock some some features with small amounts, but primarily it's the brands that are paying the most on Indirectory. But it's it's a bit of a, like, it kind of hurts my brain <laughs> to try and think <laughs> about who my customer is because we really need to make sure that both sides are getting value delivered to them. Well, that's it, isn't it? It's a, it's a classic marketplace place problem. You've got two sides. Everyone has to be happy with the scenario, but only one side will typically pay you. And so if that's the brands, and, and I think it's worthwhile just jumping into when, when you refer to brands. So when I first think of brands, I start to think branding and I start mm, to think about big brands. So yeah. I think about Gucci and Burberry and, and things like this. But when you talk about brands, are you're talking mostly there about up and coming brands. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Mostly new, you know, unestablished brands who want to wholesale their stuff. So basically sell to retailers, not just direct to public. And yeah, it's we're finding that it's definitely the the undiscovered new sort of up and coming brands that the retailers prefer or those who want to get exposure overseas when we get our global on. So like you might be an established brand in Australia who doesn't have many international stockists and you want to break out in a international market so that makes sense i love you got all these catchphrases when we get our global on i love this there's, there's this one line this is like i'm going to steal those and use those in my everyday Feel conversations <laughs> so okay so we've got this situation and you sort of started to describe there this idea that that brands want to get want to wholesale their goods they want to get them stocked and sell them so that's is that safe to say that's the problem you're solving or can you expand on exactly what the problem is with the current solution and how it works Sure. So, well, the the main problem is that trade shows are dying currently. So that's the, you know, overarching problem that I'm hoping to solve is giving both brands and retailers a, another option to save their money from, so brands would pay like upwards of $3,000 for a few days, you know, and a few square meters at a at a trade show to exhibit their stuff, and that's so. How, was that three thousand or thirty thousand? You say? Oh, it's it's minimum three thousand just for the for the footprint. Right. You know, averages at about five thousand, but you know that's not considering flights, accommodation. You know, like all of that, the catalogs and and the risk that you take from you know exhibiting at a trade show. You might get stuck in a corner somewhere and and nobody can find you. And then the retailers have to leave their store, which, you know, in the current Australian retail climate is really hard for them to afford to replace themselves in the store and, you know, afford the flights and accommodation again to come down to a trade show that might not actually be. And, and you're saying it's dying. What, what, <laughs> when you say that the trade show is dying, why do you think, what, what is it that's making the, the physical trade show die at the moment? Is it not working and, and why isn't it working? As far as I've so my understanding of it is that more people are turning to online to do the same thing. So the brands are, you know, like trying to find appropriate retailers by 
you know, skimming Instagram or, you know, websites and things to try and find email addresses and then just sending them their catalogs or popping into their stores and things like that. And retailers are, you know, deciding to stay in their stores and then just trying trying to use online methods to try and find brands that way. So there's a movement towards online, but also given that, you know, retail is is struggling at the moment, people are just saving, you know, on their budgets where they can. Yeah, I can I can see how that's the case. And and is that also is that following the trend where retailers now are starting to make even the small retailers are starting to make more of their mm-hmm. sales online. So it seems a bit counterintuitive to be moving to more and more online sales while continuing to make your retail purchases offline. Do you think that's an impact as well? Yeah, there's definitely a big shift going on and that you know everything's a bit disrupted. People are, you know, like retail stores are being redefined. And they are trying to sell a lot more online, but at the same time, you know, like there's always going to be at bricks and mortar physical retail stores and the brands as well are, you know, doing a lot better with their direct to public sales from their websites. So yeah, there's a, a bit of a, you know, like unsettled <laughs> situation at the moment, which is, you know, indirectories trying to get in there to try and solve some of those problems where, you know, if people are going to be online doing their thing anyway you know, we might as well foster better connections between the two parties so that, you know, if they do choose to catch up offline <laughs> or like at a trade show or, you know, traveling salesperson or, you know, a showroom or whatever, they can do that knowing that, you know, the connection is is meaningful, basically. So they can discover, you know, what the brands are doing. Perhaps the brands are still exhibiting at trade shows, but they can, you know, like, Basically, they're not limited to the only brands that happen to be exhibiting at trade shows anymore. Yeah. And is that, so thinking about the promise that you make to these, to the brands, is it, are you focused on better connections? Are you focused on cheaper connections or are you focused on easier connections, a combination of all three or a fourth and a fifth thing that I haven't even mentioned (laughs) there? That's, that pretty much covers it. So yeah, we can you know, we're still sort of working on our algorithm, which will get better with, you know, the increased number of users that we have on the app, but more meaningful connections. So we're matching them based on their common interests. So in the past, you would kind of rock up at a trade show and try and walk through the whole maze of, you know, stands and and you might stumble across a brand that really suits your style you know and your values perhaps you like you know handmade boho candles or something and indirectory kind of you know like figures out what your your interests are and then matches you or makes it more likely that you'll happen across each other based on those common interests so yeah more sort of better matches and yeah more affordable as you say seamless saving sort of time money and stress and we hope to get into the you know, like verifying that that business is is legit and make sure that, you know, that you have that peace of mind that you're not just talking to a, a random, you don't want to get catfished even on Indirectory, basically. <laughs> the, the the parallels to Tinder are, are coming through thick and fast. I'm, I'm <laughs> seeing right. the same, same arguments as why you don't want to go to a club and meet people and it's just the randoms that happen to turn up, the 30 mm-hmm. people that happen to turn up at the same time. So, much better to go after the entire world and, and find exactly That's the product right. you want. So, yeah. 
I can see that. So when you're thinking about, and we spoke about this a little bit about the target persona, like the ideal brand that you're looking to go after, mm-hmm. you know, and I said, you know, I'm thinking, you know, brands, I think Burberry, actually it might be much smaller, it might be a candle maker, like I said, a boho candle maker in, you know, sort of Southwest Melbourne or somewhere like that. What, what is the ideal person that you're going after who's going to use indirectory first? Have you got a, a sense of who that is or have you already sort of identified from early sort of marketing efforts who that person might be? It's it's morphing and changing every week at the moment, as you know, hashtag startup life does. So our I'm starting to sort of see that our target brand user would be you know a maker, perhaps you know who who hand makes their their stuff that themselves. So it's like you know unique, limited supply, really beautiful. And, you know, like they're up and coming. They've just decided to give wholesale a go, but they can't afford to, or they just don't want to take the risk of, you know, paying for a trade show. And then our key retailer user would be a store owner who kind of does everything themselves, doesn't have like a buying team, if that makes sense, like some of the bigger stores have and they have like a high churn for new product Mm -hmm. so some retail stores like to keep the kind of the same stuff you know like they don't have you know like a a lot of new new items coming in but we want the retailers who are you know wanting new and exciting items for their buyers for their customers all the time and especially those that retailers that have a bit of a niche so they might have like you know like vegan you know no animal product or something like that so you know they can be connected with those more niche brands on indirectory whereas you know trying to find a variety of brands that fit your niche at a trade show is just like impossible yeah i can imagine so Right. So we've got personas here that are largely defined. They're going to be small in scale, mm-hmm. niche, you know, they, and, and it's about having that that niche match is kind of key to the proposition. Mm-hmm. I would imagine over time, of course, the, the idea with the business is it'll move up and onwards and there'll be bigger and bigger brands and bigger and bigger retailers who play. But I guess to start with, your target persona is going to be independent. And I, and I found it interesting that you mentioned there that it might be somebody who's not been able to afford to go to a trade show. So in some sense, you know, going back to the problem here, it's not necessarily taking people who have been who go to trade shows all the time and they understand that business. It might actually be uh, brands and retailers who haven't been able to go to trade shows and have often felt left out a little bit. So is that, do they represent like your first movers, the people who have sort of looked at trade shows and gone, it's not for me and I don't think I can afford it? Or are you actually looking to convert people away from trade shows who are just getting jaded by the whole experience? Currently, it's both. So we do have a bit of a, you know, we had a marketing strategy at first because my history and I had ran my own trade show business and we had three large events. So I kind of had a community of people who had been exhibiting and visiting trade shows. So we had our, you know, our brands and our buyers communities and they, a lot of them, the majority of them had been disenchanted. So that marketing strategy was a bit of like a, you know, like here's an online trade show for you that, you know, reduces all of the the stress of physical trade shows. So that's kind of like where we started. But now I'm getting that, you know, there are heaps more brands and retailers out there who haven't even been to trade shows and like kind of don't want to. So, you know, we've got a bit more of a clean slate. We don't have to sort of 
bringing them in with the, you know, the how trade shows are done kind of knowledge. And, and that marketing strategy can actually put them off a bit, I think, because they don't, it's foreign to them anyway. So yeah, I've got to be yeah. aware of both those, you know, those, those kinds of potential new users when we do our marketing. Great. So, you know, you've done a good job of positioning, you know, and framing indirectory straight away is kind of like tinder for for retail and, and matchmaking between retailers and brands when it comes to the your positioning map and you start to think about well what are the alternatives so you've got mm-hmm. trade shows and i think you sort of mentioned you know stalking on instagram is that is that kind of what you're doing is is your positioning map really the combination of well you've got mm-hmm. trade shows and you've got online and yeah. and what we're doing is combining the two is that the way you position the business to people yes so People are using Instagram currently quite a lot and also just email. So like emailing through catalogs or receiving catalogs and and trawling through them, that sort of thing. They're the two most common ways in which people are doing it. Trade shows are becoming less and less popular. So we actually did like a poll of, you know, how are people, how are retailers discovering new brands? And yeah, Instagram was their their number one. So that's that's how we're positioning ourselves i suppose if that answers your question it does yeah so yeah sort of beautiful imagery and and the instagram experience and i guess that's why you ended up being an app as opposed to a a desktop experience is i guess the idea there for you is it's you should use it like you would use instagram for trawling through brands so as a retailer you sit there and you can flick through different brands like Mm -hmm. you would on instagram but there's a direct path to purchase at the other end so rather than just looking at stuff and then discovering that they don't wholesale or it's impossible to do a deal if a bit like Mm -hmm. it's a bit like i guess looking at instagram for dating it's like looking at beautiful people and going oh they look you know yeah that doesn't mean they're in the market (laughs) whereas tinder's kind of like you know if you're on tinder you're probably accessible Yeah, that's right. It's it's an ecosystem basically. So like you can't, if you're a brand on Instagram, you can't just push a button and only have access to the retail stores, you know, around Australia and vice versa. So if you're a retailer, you can't just push a button on Instagram and be like, oh, now I'm just searching through those brands at wholesale. And similarly, as a brand, I can't do digital marketing, like targeted, you know, digital marketing to the wholesale industry, to, you know, retailers without paying quite a lot to try and find those, you know, like specific custom audiences. Because if you think about it, like brands are advertising at trade shows, they're advertising product that's not available yet. And also that's at wholesale prices. So if that, you know, trade shows don't welcome in members of the public, not the trade shows I'm talking about anyway, it's industry only because you've got those wholesale prices and you've got that product that hasn't actually landed yet. So Indirectory hopefully is going to be an ecosystem where brands can actually invest in their digital marketing to retailers in the wholesale space, which they haven't been able to do before. Yeah, I can see how that doesn't work on Instagram. You know, it's yeah, you've got to keep that customer facing mm-hmm. brand because 99.9% of the people who see it are going to be customers. That's right. And you really can't put that kind of this is why you would buy and sell my product because a customer's not interested in that. So That's right. Yeah. And you touched on there, you sort of started to use Facebookisms and, and and language there with your with the promotion that you're currently running and, and the difficulty you've got in sort of identifying where your customers are. Mm. I'm wondering if you can just go into a little bit about how you've been able to get those initial users onto the app and I mean, without giving away all the secrets, mm-hmm. but how do you sort of see that working now and, and then how do you hope that it's going to work in the future when it comes to promotion? Well, our strategy from the start has been to like, initially we, we got 
our community on there. So from doing the trade shows, basically, I had the trust, you know, and the, and the relationship with a number of brands and a number of, of retailers. So we had those those early adopters on board. It's been a little bit of word of mouth, but we have been working with a an excellent digital marketing consultant <laughs> to you know start uh, getting really good at our um, direct targeted Facebook ads and Instagram ads, especially actually Instagram works better for us to try and reach those retailers and brands that aren't in my original community because if you think about it my original community you know they're all those that have been involved in trade shows and we're and we're especially interested in those that haven't been so we you know we're using digital marketing and actually getting out there and visiting bricks and mortar retailers speaking to them and going to trade shows and speaking to the brands if the trade show will let us in (laughs) basically (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're positioning as the, you're, you're the alternative or the, mm. the future solution to trade shows, I can imagine it's kind of, you're like the professional poker player. Yeah, we don't go with that, with that approach. We're like, we forget that approach when we are, <laughs> we go for more of the, you know, the supporting directory of, of all of the brands and the retailers that we're here to, we're here to help connect everyone and and look i mean not to shut trade shows down no no not yet anyway not yet you know so from what you've said there it it sounds very much like your your promotional strategy is about finding some customers getting a baseline into indirectory and then i guess really relying on you know when you take the plunge to a two-sided marketplace business you're really hoping that the propagation with the model takes over at some point and so that you know brands will drive Mm -hmm. retails or retails will drive brands I guess my question is, how do you, is, have you seen that happen yet? How do you see it happening? And, mm. and who do you see driving it? Like, do you see, you know, if we go back to the dating app, is it a case of you've got to get lots of girls onto the dating app so the guys come on? Mm. Or how, how do you see that working in the future? There's a couple of different ways that I see it working. Currently, you know, we have some people saying, oh, my friend would really like this. You know, she's got a brand. Can she come on too? And, you know, that's the extent to which the, I think, organic propagation is happening in between the users but I would like to bake that into the software soon which will involve brands listing their existing stockists in the app and inviting those those stockists to come along and use the app and retailers listing their existing suppliers basically so you know I need to create motivations so that each party is going to want to do that and I have some ideas that I could do that with potentially. It could be an option for, for brands once they've sort of made a few connections, had a free trial on the app, then, you know, it might switch over to, you know, the free trial kind of runs out and then they might have a, a message from a retailer in Sydney that they can't unlock unless they do one of a few things. So perhaps they could pay the, the one-off amount to unlock that particular message or they could invite a couple of, of their existing, you know, retailer stockists to use the app in exchange for the unlocking of that. So there's, you know, a few different ways that I, I've got in the works to experiment with. But, uh, you know, to be a good little tech startup, I need to make sure that I'm not assuming too much and I need to test those assumptions and test those techniques to see if people are actually prepared to invite, you know, people of the opposite party along to use that they might feel a little bit reluctant to do that so I'll have to come up with you know a variety of different ideas uh, one of the my latest ones is got something to do with the, the stockist list 
that brands put on their websites and maybe we can provide a service around that as well. So just wanting to own the whole space, wanting eventually like every retailer and every wholesaling brand to be on Indirectory, kind of whether they, not whether they like it or not, but in a similar way that Yelp did, you know, like kind of building up this this database of every, you know, retailer and brand and then giving them an opportunity to kind of claim their profile on Indirectory, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, look, I mean, a bunch of those strategies have been tried and tested. You know, the, the invite a friend and get more space on Dropbox was successful for them. Mm. Invite a friend and get golden tickets or something with Trello mm-hmm. boards That's and these kind of things. Yeah. Like, you know, th- those models work. And I, and I love the idea of, of even seeding certain listings on there. I've seen plenty of directories build businesses by adding listings. And then, hey, if you want to claim your listing, you need to register an account. Mm. And I mean, even Google does that with their local listings. Like they tag every business and then you've just got to log in and claim it. And then what do you know? They've got a business who's claimed an account and, hey, would you like an AdWords account at the same time and start spending all your money on that? So, yeah. you know, these, I guess the the methods are proven. It all comes down to the sort of the execution. And then mm. as you rightly pointed out, the most important part is the people have got to be loving the product first. So it's one thing to to have all these, I guess, options available. Mm. But if people aren't loving Indirectory, then they're not going to recommend other businesses. But, you know, I can see I can see how that will work. And I can mm-hmm. see how that will grow, particularly amongst the brands. I think once brands get a sense that it's it's a path to market for them, mm-hmm. I can see them sort mm-hmm. of clamoring over each other to kind of get their products up front <laughs> and center and, and, and hopefully yeah. spend lots of money with you. Yeah, I don't think we're going to have too much problem with getting the brands on. What I want, you know, we need to focus on is basically having the retailers come on and stay on. Like I can imagine there might even be like a bit of a natural churn with the brands, you know, as they, you know, become more established, perhaps they don't want to, you know, pay money with us anymore or jump off for a while, come back on later, a bit like some people do with Tinder. (laughs) Perhaps we'll have a higher churn with the brands, which could serve our retailers who will hopefully stick around for, you know, for fear of missing out on all the new and exciting brands that pop up. Yeah, the, the FOMO factor is very real yeah. in almost every business. So yeah. good strategy. So Emma, if, you know, in, in classic startup form and, you know, you're still relatively early stage. So if you, have you got an ask at the moment, if someone listening can do something for you, what would be the, the ideal thing that someone could say, hey, Emma, I can help you with X. What would that X be? Oh, wow. Well, if you know anyone who... How about introductions to retailers? Yeah. Well, I would even just say if you know anyone who has a, you know, retail store as a buyer for a retail store, or if you know anyone who has a brand that they're either wholesaling or interested in wholesaling, I would just recommend to them that they download Indirectory from the app store. We have an iOS app currently. We're not, we haven't released our Android version as yet, but yeah, just tell them to either search for Indirectory on the App Store or go to indirectory.io to sign up for notifications of when now Android is going to be released. Aside from that, an ask. Wow, I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> That's pretty good. I think I think that, and you know, a fully funded venture capital firm that, that wants to move into the retail also. space. And <laughs> a million dollar check, yeah. If, well, if you're asking, might as well go big, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's also interesting, just one last, I guess, observation for me, you know, you spoke about, so you've got your iOS app, people have got iPhones can download yeah. that and check it out. And, you know, in my experience with retail, it's interesting. I found 
lots of retailers themselves tend to have Android apps mm. for whatever reason. They just Androids, seem to yeah. use Android phones. However, you know, the target persona, you just, you know, and in, in making yes. beautiful business connections, people who like beautiful like iPhones. So, you know, there's an interesting dilemma there. You've got lots of retailers who have Android devices. I'm not quite sure why that is, but yeah. they seem to. Yet, people who love beautiful like iPhones. So I, I don't know what you end up with in the middle, like a, whether your target market on iPhone becomes small or that actually perfectly defines who you want to go after. I guess we'll find out in a few months. Yeah, I haven't really thought of it that way. I was just kind of hoping that considering we're only servicing iPhone owners currently, that when we do service the Android users, which are, as you say, primarily the the retailers that we're just going to get a total influx of new users hopefully <laughs> but you're right we might have unintentionally created our um our culture to be those that prefer you know beautiful imagery and you know styling and things like that which is definitely the space that we're launching into currently so that sort of boutique you know uh, designer but um middle market fashion gift homeware that sort of thing so yeah we'll see what happens Great. And if anyone wants to reach out and contact you directly with that $1 million check, what's the best <laughs> way to find you online, Emma? You can email me at emma at indirectory.io. You can find me on LinkedIn, Emma Patterson, or you can sign up for Indirectory kind of news by going to indirectory.io. Brilliant. Well, Emma, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for being so so real and honest about, about your journey and where you're at. I've enjoyed chatting with you and I'm sure lots of founders who are listening can relate to lots of the things that you're doing at the moment. And hopefully, particularly around some of those promotional propagation techniques that you, you highlighted there that you've got baked into the future. I think that's something a lot of people will have to take. So thank you so much for sharing that today. Thanks, Jared. I really appreciate the interview. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope we were able to provide you with some great marketing ideas that'll really help your business. As always, if you'd like to support me and the show, just jump onto iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast and rate and review. Those reviews really make a difference and help me reach a broader audience. If you'd like to connect, the best way to find me, of course, is on LinkedIn, following me on social media, or just connecting. And if you've got ideas for future episodes or you're a marketer and you would like to appear in a future episode, just hit me up on LinkedIn as well. I'd be happy to have a chat. Thanks a lot. And I look forward to speaking with you next week.